Hey mamas, how are y'all doing? I hope everyone has had a great week and a half. I hope everyone is hopeful and happy. I feel like there's a, a wave of hope and happiness in the country right now. For the majority, I will say the majority. Um, I choose to be hopeful and happy and that's just the positivity I'm going to spread and that's, that's all I'm going to say at this very moment. How's everybody doing that Halloween is over? Is anybody else sad like me and my little monsters? We already put our Christmas tree up. I just felt like 2020 has been a hell of a year for all of us, especially the kids. So it's up and we're celebrating early and it's just been nice. And every time I go to the grocery store or to Walmart, the ghost of Christmas pass literally takes my buggy and books it to the Christmas candy aisle. And I don't yell. I don't scream. I don't stop the ghost. I just follow right behind and I get bags of candy and we just come home and eat together. It's really sad, but I enjoy it. Also, Dawson's Creek is on Netflix, guys. Anybody else like that stuff? I used to love it watching it when I was younger. And it's just nice to look back. It's like a time capsule. The fashion, the hair is definitely different from what it is now. It's crazy, right? So today we are traveling to London. Please bear with me if I say any of those cities wrong. I apologize. But we are traveling to London. I will be covering the murder of Patrick O'Connor. And this is called the Bermondsey Horror. Marie was born in 1821 in Switzerland. Not much is known about her young childhood, but we do know she did grow up poor. Now, as a young adult, she moved to London where she became a lady's maid to a wealthy duchess, the Duchess of Sutherland. This is where Marie became obsessed living a life of luxury. Yes, she was a lady's maid, but her and the duchess formed a friendship, and she just never wanted to be poor again. And sister, same. I feel you on that. I really do. Now, Marie was described as a beautiful, dark... Sorry. She was described... As a beautiful woman with dark features, charismatic with a magnetic personality, and healthy plumpness. This attracted many men, and Marie loved the attention. At 25 years old, in 1846, Marie was on a boat ride with a duchess where she met a 50-year-old Irishman by the name of Patrick O'Connor. Patrick was described as a charming man who loves the drink. He was a wealthy man from money lending in the railway industry. They chatted on the boat, and they had a great time. They were very smitten. Patrick was headed away on business, but he promised Marie he would return, and when he did, he would come find her and take her out for dinner. In 1847, he arrived back in London. He showed up at the Stafford house where she worked and lived, and he took her out to dinner, but Marie had something to tell Patrick. Marie had been seeing another man named Frederick. She didn't know if Patrick was really going to return, and if he did, would he really follow up on his promise? So she had been seeing a man named Patrick, sorry, by the name of Frederick Manning. Frederick was only two years older than Marie, and he worked as a guard for a railway company. Frederick was not a wealthy man at all, but he told Marie that he was bound to inherit a large fortune from his mother. The next few weeks, both men knew about one another, and they both vied for her affection. They both tried to win her over, and they both proposed multiple times. So at this point, Marie was at a crossroads. 
Marie knew she did not want to remain poor. She was accustomed to the life she had now. She did not want to live how she, she, how she grew up. So she weighed her options. She really liked Patrick O'Connor, but she was afraid of the age gap and his love for drinking. She really liked Frederick. He was closer to her age, and while he was not wealthy at the time, he was bound to inherit that money from his mother. In 1847, Marie married Frederick at St. James Church in Piccadilly. And unfortunately, poor Marie, just like most women, just like I did, you learn after marriage, men lie. They lie, they lie, they lie. So in the year of 1848, she decided she wanted to have an affair with Patrick O'Connor because her husband Frederick was not inheriting any fortune from his mother. So when she found this out, she knew she made the wrong choice. Do you marry for love? Do you marry for money? I guess if you're going to marry for money before you take a man's word that he is going to inherit a fortune, make sure he's telling the truth. That's, that's the only advice I can give you, Marie. That's the only advice. But again, she decided she wanted to have an affair with Patrick. And Patrick was okay with this. While she may not have married him, she could enjoy his company and she could enjoy his money because Patrick did spoil her and Patrick spent money on her all the time and that was okay. Frederick even knew of the affair and acted like it didn't even bother him. On multiple occasions, Patrick came to the Minerva place to the Manning's home and ate dinner with them. So it was no secret. Friends knew, colleagues knew, associates knew. That was just the way of life. By the year of 1849, for some reason, Marie decided to be committed to her husband, and Frederick and Marie both decided the affair would end. The only thing that Marie could not part with was Patrick's money. On August 8, 1849, Marie and Frederick invited Patrick over to their home for dinner. This was not out of the ordinary, so there was no reason for Patrick to be alarmed. They planned to kill him, but he had brought his friend Pierce Walsh with him that night, so the plans went awry. When Patrick was leaving to go home, Marie told him to come over the next night alone for dinner and intimacy. Of course, he said yes. So on August the 9th, Patrick went to the Manning's home for dinner and sex. When he walked through the door, he went to the kitchen to wash his hands. Once he was at the kitchen, at the kitchen sink, Marie pulled out a gun, shot him once in the head. He fell to the floor. He did not die from the single shot. Frederick got an iron bar and beat him with it till he died. Once he was dead, they put him under the floorboard of the kitchen. They covered his body with soil and quicklime and boarded up the floor. That night, once they were done murdering and burying, they sat down together as a couple and had whiskey together. The next day, August the 10th, Marie went to Patrick's house like usual. His staff knew she came in and out as she pleased, so there was no eyebrows to be raised. She went to Patrick's house to take his railway share certificates, money, and any valuables she could find. Three days after the murder, some of Patrick's co-workers arrived at Marie and Frederick's home. They stated they knew he was supposed to come over on August tonight to have dinner, and they haven't seen him and he hasn't showed up for work. Marie stated he did not show up on the night of the 9th, that the last time she seen him was on the 8th when he brought his friend over. 
They believed her at that time, so they left. This made Marie and Frederick very paranoid, and they started to panic. Marie took most of the fortune that she stole from Patrick's house, packed up, and she left for Scotland. Frederick was very upset about this and scared, and he knew he had to get out too. So the small bit of fortune that Marie did leave him, he had that, and he sold all of their furniture and belongings in the home. He left, and he was headed to Jersey. Now, during this time, Patrick's friends and co-workers reported him missing to the local police. Fun fact, I had read that this local police organization had just formed 20 years prior, so they were very new at this time still. Frederick was seen by an old acquaintance on a boat, and this acquaintance had read about the murders in the newspaper. He turned him into local authorities. A telegraph was sent to Scotland after many reports of seeing Marie in Scotland. She was arrested at a very, very swanky hotel in Edinburgh. They were both brought back to London. Once Frederick was caught and arrested by the authorities, he admitted to everything and stated he killed Patrick because he didn't like him. Now, while they were gone, while authorities were looking for Patrick, they did show up at the Mennings' house and seen that it was completely bare. There was no furniture, no clothing, no Marie and Frederick. They searched the house and found the body under the kitchen floorboards, so they knew that this was now a murder investigation. Now that they're both back in London and they're both arrested, a two-day trial started on the day of August 25th. On August 27th, they were both sentenced guilty and to be in death by hanging. On November 13, 1849, Frederick and Mary were taken to a church for their last rites and blessings. Marie was described to be very calm, and she had accepted her fate. Of course, she wanted to look her best, so she was described as looking beautiful on the day of her death. She wore a black satin dress with lace. Frederick, Frederick was very emotional, crying and pleading to the crowd. They were taken to Horsemonger Lane in Walworth in London, for the execution. Now, they were taken to the gallows and they were in front of a crowd of an estimated 30,000 people. And this public crowd was very rambunctious. They all knew Patrick. He was a very wealthy man. If they didn't know him personally, they knew of him. So this was a very, very to-do spotlight here. So while they were up there on the gallows before they were hanged, Marie wanted to look like a caring wife who was not money greedy and money hungry. So, for the last time, she leaned over and kissed her husband. There was no sympathy to be found in the crowd of 30,000 people. They were both hanged, and they died November 13th. In the crowd that day was a notably famous person by the name of Charles Dickens. He was in town, staying at a hotel in London, seeing the crowd, went stood in the crowd, seeing the execution. But he was more or less disgusted with the way the crowd acted of the execution. He actually wrote about it to the Times. He wrote a letter, and one of the quotes was, I was, I was a witness of the execution at Horsemonger Lane this morning. I believe that a sight so inconceivably awful as the wickedness and levity of the immense crowd collected at that execution this morning could be imagined by no man. Charles Dickens, along with hundreds of others, campaigned against public hangings for years, and in 1869, public hangings were abolished. He also based one of his characters in a book on Maria Manning. If anyone has read his book, Bleak House, the character of 
The character of Mademoiselle Hortense is based on Maria Manning. And that is the end of it, folks. Anyone listening out there who is in a relationship thinking of marriage, no matter what it's for, if it comes down to love or money, I won't judge you. Trust me, we've all been there. We're human. But if you are going to marry for money and they say I have money or I am going to obtain money, just make sure they're actually going to have it or they're actually rich. That way we can all avoid the whole murder thing. Y'all stay safe out there. And if you would like to contact me, my email is spookymamapodcast at yahoo.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at spookymamapodcast. If you have any questions, critiques, concerns, or topics, please DM me. I have something coming for y'all in the next week or so I think it's going to be great. Y'all have a great day and stay spooky, babies.